You know, the Bible speaks of, of grieving the Spirit or quenching the Spirit or resisting the Spirit. Even this morning we read that passage of Scripture from Hebrews 10 that talked about insulting the Spirit of grace. Last week in my final sermon on worship, we called it, that, that message was dynamic worship. I realized, really for the first time, you would think that's strange, I realized that while I was preaching the sermon, I, I never have had a, one of those aha moments in the middle of a sermon, but I really did. I had an aha moment. I realized what was missing in the church today, and uh, as I was thinking through uh, my preparation for that sermon, I really kept thinking that part of dynamic worship, the key to dynamic worship, the first key to dynamic worship had to be passion. I thought, that's got to be passion. It's got to passion has to, dynamic worship has to have passion in it. You can't have dynamic worship without passion. And today we tend to put passion first, and even me, as if passion somehow makes a service. Uh, and honestly, I was almost finished with the sermon before I finally realized what God was trying to show me. Passion is not a prerequisite of dynamic worship. Passion is the outcome of dynamic worship. And you'll notice that not a single time last week did we talk about the importance of the music or the importance of the sermon. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the presence of God and our response to His presence. And we listed last week those elements of dynamic worship. I'll remind you, first was the presence of God. Isaiah said I saw the Lord uh, in the temple. And second was the fact that it was personal to Isaiah. He experienced God himself, not just facts about God. And then the last element of all was passion. Passion born out of that experience with God. Not passion creating an experience with God, but it's the experience with God that's missing. And that's the concern that I have as I come to you on these Sunday nights. And so tonight you see the title of the message and you'll see where it comes from in just a moment. Jesus was explaining to the disciples in the 13th chapter of Matthew, and that's our text for tonight. He was explaining to the disciples, beginning in verse 14, why some people seem to be numb to God's voice. Well, they're not only numb to God's voice, they're numb to... God himself, they're numb to the spirit, the moving of the spirit, and they resist the spirit, and they grieve the spirit, and they quench the spirit, and they insult the spirit, and here is why. Jesus said in Matthew 13, beginning to read in verse 14, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they would see with their eyes, 
hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return, and I would heal them. Now, perhaps you have never wondered why some people don't respond to God. We wonder, well, is it because God doesn't speak? Do you ever wonder about that at the, at the conclusion of a service? Is God not speaking? Is that why people don't respond? And I'm not talking just about the invitation. Let the invitation be incidental to what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not talking about the invitation. Uh, but people don't seem to be responding to God. And could it be because people have dull hearts? And what does it mean? to have a dull heart. Well, I want to try to describe that tonight to give you some, some indications of, of what that means. First, the person with a dull heart has a capacity to respond to God. They are able. It seems to be that Jesus said that in this passage of Scripture, that they have the capacity to respond to God. Let me illustrate that. Paul was speaking to a group of people to uh, that should have responded to his message, they, in fact, are like Baptists, like a Baptist church. They weren't Baptist, uh, but they'd been students of Scripture all their lives. They had the information they needed to respond to God. Not only so, they had the inspiration they needed to respond to God because wherever and whenever God's Word is preached, you and I know that the Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit is, is present to call people to respond to God. But they didn't respond. They didn't respond because they had dull hearts. And so let me just listen to their story. Paul set aside a day and people came to him at, in his lodging in large numbers and he was explaining to them, solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets. In other words, he was using the Old Testament. And he did that in quite a long sermon, Brother Doug. You, you accuse some of mine of being long, but this says he did that from morning until evening. And some were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. Some were being persuaded, but others would not believe. And why does the same thing happen today from service or to service or Sunday to Sunday? Two people will sit in the same church on the same pew with the same educational background and one of them will respond to God, at least in some measure, perhaps not publicly, but they acknowledge God's voice, they acknowledge the work of God's Spirit in their own heart and act accordingly. The other person hears the same message but somehow fails to hear from God or at least fails to respond to God? Why is there this difference so that one person leaves moved, perhaps even broken, and the other person, as I like to say, uh, more often than not, just yawns and leaves? Listen to how Paul responded. He used the exact same scripture that Jesus used in Matthew 13, 14. And, and the Bible says, when after Paul finished speaking, some responded, some did not respond, some were persuaded, some refused to be persuaded, and when they didn't agree with one another, they began leaving after Paul had spoken one parting word. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet 
to your fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive, for the heart of this people has become dull. Now that's a serious problem when it happens to us. It was a serious problem when Jesus spoke to the people. First, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, we have it at least three places in Scripture. We have it in the preaching of Isaiah to the people who were listening to him. God said, this is what the situation is. These are the circumstances. Jesus said the same thing to the people that were listening to him. And then Paul, preaching to this group of Jews in the book of Acts, said the same thing to those that were listening to him. He said, you got a problem. you got a dull heart. You have the capacity to respond to God. You have the Scripture. You know the Scripture. You've heard the Scripture. I've explained to you the Scripture. Some of you are persuaded by it. Others will not believe. And these that won't believe, these that won't respond, the problem is they have a dull heart. When you stand before God, what reason will you give God for not responding, for resisting the Spirit, are quenching the Spirit, are grieving the Spirit, are insulting the Spirit. You'll never be able to say, well, God, I just didn't have the capacity to respond because all people do. Paul would conclude, Jesus would conclude, through Isaiah, God said people have dull hearts. So the person with a dull, with a, with a dull heart has the capacity to respond to God. But here's the thing that's concerning. It is an increasingly limited capacity. Paul quoting Isaiah said, with their ears they scarcely hear. A gradual hearing loss has overcome them. And that's not something that's something that runs in my family is a gradual hearing loss. My granddaddy was nearly stone deaf. Some of the people in his family were born deaf and they had children who were born deaf. My daddy had serious hearing loss and I'm developing it so says my wife from time to time I don't listen I understand some of the rest of us are the same way and we have the same problem it's selective hearing I guess but it can happen to us my mother has macular degeneration and one of her big problems in these later years of her life is that she's got increasing vision loss she can't see she has a little trouble hearing too but she can't see and that's the that's the bigger problem so over time, you can lose your spiritual vision and you can use your, lose your spiritual hearing, especially if you don't use it. A person who once had the capacity to respond to God can lose that capacity if we stop responding to God. So it's clear now, second, the person with a dull heart not only had the capacity to respond to God, but second, the person with a dull heart has had the opportunity to respond to God. As a matter of fact, they likely have had multiple opportunities. The word gospel hardened or the term gospel hardened is not a term that's recent. As a matter of fact, if you go back in history, in the history of this country, prior to one of the great awakenings, and I can't remember which one it was, I believe it was the first great awakening, there was an area that they called the burned over district. In other words, God, nobody was responding. This is not new in the history of the church, by the way. This season of, 
of dullness, this season of, of unresponsiveness is not new in the history of the church. It's happened. You see it in the Old Testament here. You see it's a pattern in the lives of God's people. Sometimes we have had the capacity to respond to God and the opportunity to respond to God, but our hearts grow dull for whatever reason, sin, whatever reason. And, and over time, we grow more and more insensitive to the Word of God. We have dull hearts. Likewise, these people to whom Paul was speaking were not ignorant of God's Word. They knew God's Word. They were aware of what God wanted and, and what God wanted from them, but they, they, they had an opportunity to respond, but they now suffered from a dull heart and they didn't respond. Number three, the person with a dull heart has chosen not to respond to God. Rejecting God is always a choice. It is the first time, it is the second time, it is every time, and then one day you wake up and perhaps you want to hear from God and you want to respond to God and you want to return to God, but your heart is not in it. There's a, I can't remember where I first heard it, but someone prayed on one occasion, tender my heart, Lord, tender my heart toward you. And I've learned to pray that prayer, tender my heart. Because as you know, the older we get, the least likely we are to have those tender hearts. Our hearts just harden and they become dull. Sometimes we harden toward people. Sometimes we harden toward God. Let me give you an illustration. If you're a man, the first time you shot a bird with a BB gun, were you all excited? Did you celebrate or did you cry? I cried. First time I shot a bird with a BB gun, I cried my eyes out. I felt like I had done something terrible. I thought I would be so proud that I killed the bird, but instead my heart was broken. You know how many birds I've killed since then and didn't cry one tear? I became insensitive to it. It just didn't bother me anymore. And so we become insensitive to God. You perhaps remember when, when your heart was tender to God, when you would weep in a, in a service or you'd be moved by a sermon or by a song and now nothing moves you anymore. Your, your heart is hard. It happens to us. It's sad that it happens, but it just is. I reminded you before over the last several Sundays of Paul and his conversation with Felix. He talked with Felix about righteousness and and uh, the judgment to come. Felix had some knowledge of Christianity, and, but he sent Paul away. He, he was frightened, he trembled, but he sent Paul away and said, another day I will, I will summon you. Obviously, it was a very clear presentation of the gospel uh, presented by Paul. I think Paul would have preached a pretty good sermon and done a pretty good job of witnessing to somebody, but Felix didn't respond. He put Paul off, and by putting Paul off, he put Christ off. And sometimes that's what we do. We're not just, when, when God speaks to us about any specific thing, about any specific thing that he wants us to do, if it's witnessing to a neighbor, if it's responding at the invitation, if it's to teach a Sunday school class, if it's yielding to God in any way, and we fail to respond to God, we reject God's voice in that moment then the next time God speaks to us, it's that much easier for us to do the same thing. Putting off, responding to God is the beginning 
uh, of a dull heart. At one time, you may have come very close to making a decision. You felt the Holy Spirit urging you to respond, but you didn't. Rejecting God is a choice. It is the first time. It is the second time. It is every time. And then one day, you wake up and you've lost the capacity to respond to God. Let me give you an illustration from the life of Esau. This is quite an interesting illustration, by the way. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says that the time came in Esau's life when his capacity to respond to God was gone. You remember the story in the Old Testament. Esau was the firstborn of uh, Isaac, Jacob and Esau. Remember uh, Esau's the firstborn. Esau is the guy that ate, ate, the, ate, ate the roast beef. He's the guy that was so hungry, he'd do anything for a mouthful of roast beef. And Doug also was probably with him. That's an interesting last name, by the way. But Esau was so hungry, he was so hungry that he sold his birthright. You remember that to Jacob. Well, somewhere along the way, we don't know all the details of the story, but the writer of Hebrews tells us that there was a point that Esau realized he did the wrong thing. This was not what he should have done. And so the Bible says this about Esau rejecting the birthright and rejecting the purpose of God for his life. In Hebrews 12 it says, For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, in other words, he saw that he did the wrong thing, he changed his mind, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. Now, on the one hand, it might have said that God didn't accept his repentance. But on the other hand, it could be saying that he couldn't find it in himself to repent. He didn't have it. His heart was not in responding to God as he should have responded. Meaningfully connect with God, it was gone. The fact is that over time, the person with a dull heart becomes increasingly, increasingly insensitive to God. You probably know that about your own life. They hear the music, the sermon, but they will not hear the voice of God. They used to, but no more. They have the capacity to respond to God. They have had the opportunity to respond to God, but they've chosen, and on more than one occasion, not to respond to God's voice and one day they wake up and they just seem to be completely insensitive to God. They have a dull heart. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Do you have a dull heart? So how does God deal with a dull heart? Well, I have to go back now and ask you, was there ever a time in your life when your heart was tender toward God? We talk about our, our early days when... <clears throat> I was uh, sweeping stuff under the counter, but those were the same days that I was reading my Bible every night. I had my Bible that laid by my bed, and I had my little white lamp that was by my bed, and every night I could not go to sleep at night, not one single night, before I read my Bible and prayed. I could not do it as a teenager. I couldn't do it. My heart was that tender. God would convict me. If I closed my eyes on that pillow, God would say, you can't go to sleep. You hadn't read, you hadn't read the word. And I'd get up and, and I would read. It might be four or five verses and I would pray. And I was able to go to sleep. I had peace that I could go to sleep. 
Did your heart used to be tender like that? And now you've got your Bible laid up somewhere you don't even know where it is. You don't care to open it. It doesn't bother you anymore whether you read the Word of God or not. Your heart once was tender toward God. You perhaps remember a time like that in your life. I also remember that I made commitments to God that I intended to keep. I have been reading about David this week, David's early days, and how David was a man after God's own heart in those early days. David had high ideals of the man he wanted to be. Didn't you have some high ideals like that of the person you wanted to be? You wanted to be all God wanted you to be. You wanted to be real. You wanted to be genuine because your heart was tender. And then one day, you didn't care anymore who you were or what you did or what you thought or what you saw or what you said or how you acted because the heart that used to be tender toward God became a dull heart. And so how does God, what does God do when our heart becomes dull? Well, Paul, speaking to that group of people in the book of Acts, when he was telling them, this is what God says about you. He said it in Isaiah that you have a dull heart. And so this is what God's going to do. He said, therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of, the, of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Did you know that when you don't respond to God, Enough. God says, okay, I'll just go speak to somebody else. I'll speak to somebody who will respond to me. I'll speak to somebody who will be obedient with me. I'll work with a person who will do what I want them to do. Yes, there are exceptions to the rule. Like in my Sunday school class, we've been talking about Jonah and God, and Jonah got swallowed by the fish, and you know the rest of the story. Even though he didn't do what God wanted him to do, God brought an experience into Jonah's life that tendered his heart, at least for a little while. And sometimes God brings an experience into our life that retenders our heart. There's a breaking experience, and you certainly don't want one of those. But sometimes God just says, I'll put you on the shelf, and I'll just use somebody else. I'll speak through somebody else. I'll work with somebody else. I'll work through another church if you won't allow your church to be the church that I work with. I'll just do it somewhere else. We see that in the history of God's people. God's spirit moves. An illustration we used this morning in the Sunday school class was out of the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, God's spirit physically left the temple. First, he just went out the door. Then he went out of the city. Then he went out east of the city and left, gone, because the people stopped responding to God. That's the last thing that we want to happen. That is the last thing that we want to happen. One of the things that we need to ask God to do, God, make my heart tender let me hear your voice. Let me be sensitive to what it is that you want to accomplish in my life and through my life. Let us be sensitive as a church to what it is that you want us to do. Tender my heart towards you so that at the least sense of your prompting, I will say, yes, Lord. Let's pray.